The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. It's Tuesday Good News Day, and it's still the Christmas season. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Tuesday, January 4th, 2022, the Tuesday after Epiphany. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle 2. Tuesday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And today is the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Born in 1774, just two years before the Declaration of Independence, at 19, the Belle of New York, she married a handsome, wealthy businessman, William McGee Seton. They had five children before his business failed and he died of tuberculosis. In Italy, with her dying husband, Elizabeth saw Catholicism in action through family and friends. Three basic points led her to become a Catholic, belief in the real presence, devotion to the Blessed Mother, and the conviction that the Catholic Church led back to the Apostles and Christ. Many of her family and friends rejected her when she became a Catholic. She opened a school in Baltimore. From the beginning, her group followed the lines of a religious community, which was officially founded in 1809. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton died in 1821. She was the first American-born citizen to be canonized a saint. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray for all those suffering from religious discrimination and persecution. May their own rights and dignity be recognized, which originate from being brothers and sisters in the human family. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Jesus, whenever we do a time of prayer, we always propose to place ourselves in your presence and deal with you, interact with you in your sacred humanity. We want to talk with you, listen to you, and react to your life, to your words, to your gestures. And this is what we do in every 10 minutes with Jesus. We place ourselves in a scene of the gospel and we become one more person in that scene, seeking to get to know you, Jesus, so as to love you more. And today we place ourselves in a scene from your life as a preacher. And we can imagine that scene where people were coming from all over Israel to listen to your teaching. When Jesus saw the vast crowd 
His heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. By now it was already late, and his disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already very late. Dismiss them so that they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Jesus said to them in reply, Give them some food yourselves. Well, first off, we can meditate on the fact that in this scene, everything is on a huge scale. Even the setting for the story is immense. We know that our Lord has crossed the Sea of Galilee, and at the far side of this lake, there's a wide space where a huge crowd can gather. And how big is this crowd? Well, it's not clear. We know by the end of the gospel that there were, were 5,000 men. But perhaps there were also women and children. We could add another third, for, for example, to include those women and children, maybe 7,000 people, 8,000 people. It's a lot. Perhaps it was the biggest crowd that the apostles had ever seen. Or you, Jesus, for that matter. Perhaps this was the largest gathering of followers yet. And while the disciples begin to panic before the situation of this lack of food, you, Lord, are serene. Perhaps they think, the disciples, that there will be a revolt or an uprising among the people due to this lack of food. You, Jesus, certainly are concerned that they might faint along the way if they are sent to the villages. And so the situation is intense. It's immense in every respect because there's a lot of people and it's not clear how they're going to eat. And the apostles rightfully feel very small. They don't see how they could possibly provide. And Jesus, you challenge them. You say, give them some food yourselves. The apostles respond, are we to buy 200 days wages worth of food and give it to them to eat? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Jesus, it's like you're pushing them to do some research, to figure this out, to to really think this through, even maybe think outside the box a little bit. What do you have? And when they had found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. So he gave orders to have them sit down in groups on the green grass. The people took their places in rows by hundreds and by fifties. Jesus, you, you push the apostles to, to really pursue a solution and you involve them. You get them involved. Now, again, there's this immensity of everything that's happening, the amount of people the this, this situation that begins, becomes more and more intense. And it's contrasted with this poverty of resources. All they have are five loaves and two fish to feed thousands of people. There's two interesting little details here. We know from the Gospel of John that the loaves were made of barley, five barley loaves. This was the cheapest kind of bread on the market. In fact, Barley was really considered animal feed, and so it was only the very poor 
who would eat barley loaves. And then the fact that you, Lord, invite them all to sit on the ground. Sitting on the ground is also, we could say, a symbol of poverty and even powerlessness. There weren't even any any rocks or stumps for them to sit on. Nothing to support their bodies. They had to simply sit on the ground. The poverty of the situation. Barley loaves. Why this sharp contrast? Jesus, it's almost like you want the apostles to see and realize for themselves the poverty of their resources before the magnitude of the world's needs, before the immensity of the people clamoring for food. St. Josemaria had an experience like this when he visited London in the summer of 1958. He made a quick tour of the city, and when he got to that part of London, which is called the city, kind of the, the, the business center of that great metropolis, London, the streets were crowded with people, office workers, men in business suits, people walking rapidly from one place to another. The traffic was dense with red omnibuses and black taxis, all pressing ahead at a feverish pace. Almost every building displayed plaques with foundational dates, established in 1748, established in 1760, or in 1825. And St. Josemaria's mind took in the full historical meaning of all this and its consequences. That this was a very old and historic, rich economic power. A, A very worldly power that seemed almost impenetrable. The city seemed like some mighty centuries old tree and mingling in the multitude of people, each intent on their own affairs were all sorts of exotic faces and and dress, Indian, African, Chinese, Arabic. And he felt overwhelmed. Facing up to our Lord in the silence of his prayer, he reviewed all possible resources and arrived at the solitary conclusion that to take all this to Christ, all these souls, all these businesses, all these worldly affairs, demanded a supernatural lever and supernatural strength. And so he experienced a locution from God. The date was August 10th, 1958. As he looked around him, it's like he almost felt like he was going to faint. Seeing all these skyscrapers, these great financial institutions, their buildings depicting their wealth, their worldwide influence. Later he would say, I somewhat lost my composure. I felt useless and powerless. I said to myself, Jose Maria, you can't do anything here. Without God, I could not even pull a blade of grass from the ground. My whole miserable weakness was so apparent that I almost grew sad. And that's bad. Why should a son of God be sad? He can be weary, like a faithful donkey pulling a cart, but sad, never. Suddenly, in the middle of the street, where people from all corners of the world were crossing paths, I felt within me, in the depth of my heart, the motion of God's power. I felt him reassuring me, you can do nothing, but I can do everything. You are weakness, but I am strength. I shall be with you, and that will have an effect. 
we shall lead souls to happiness, to unity, to the way of salvation. In the city of London, we shall sow peace and happiness in abundance. Jesus, it's as if you wanted St. Josemaria to experience firsthand the power and immensity of the world's institutions, of a secular culture that is far from God, so as to be more fully aware of his own poverty. And this is what happens by the Sea of Galilee. Jesus asks them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Jesus, you want the apostles to participate in your act of feeding the crowds, of cooperating with, 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 with him. It's like you need their, their bread, you need their resources, or you, at least you want them to help you. But at the same time, you also want them to see their own poverty, that their gifts, their contributions are, are so small. In fact, in another gospel, this scene includes the line from Andrew, what is this for so many people? Do we have this same conviction of our own limitations? Do we have this same conviction of our own poverty, but in such a way that opens us up to God's power so that we can repeat like St. Josemaria, I cannot do this, but you can, Jesus. I cannot feed them, Lord, on my own, but with your help, I can. This is what the apostles learn, and this is what we want to learn, to recognize our own poverty and then turn to God to recognize his strength and lean on his strength. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 17 past the hour. We'll begin the liturgical day in just a couple of minutes on Daybreak. On the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek. We join the whole church in prayer. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing for joy. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us, we belong to him. We are his people the sheep of his flock. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Go within his gates, giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal his merciful love. He is faithful, from age to age. 
Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Come, let us worship God, wonderful in his saints. Surrender to God, and he will do everything for you. Surrender to God, and he will do everything for you. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not envy those who do evil, for they wither quickly like grass and fade like the green of the fields. If you trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live in the land and be secure. If you find your delight in the Lord, he will grant your heart's desire. Commit your life to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act so that your justice breaks forth like the light, your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait in patience. Do not fret at the man who prospers, a man who makes evil plots to bring down the needy and the poor. Calm your anger and forget your rage. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For those who do evil shall perish. The patient shall inherit the land. A little longer, and the wicked shall have gone. Look at his place, he is not there. But the humble shall own the land and enjoy the fullness of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Surrender to God, and and He will do everything for you. Turn away from evil. Learn to do God's will. The Lord will strengthen you if you obey Him. Turn Turn away away from from evil. Learn to do God's will. And the Lord will strengthen you if you obey him. The wicked man plots against the just and gnashes his teeth against him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is at hand. The sword of the wicked is drawn. His bow is bent to slaughter the upright. Their sword shall pierce their own hearts, and their bows shall be broken to pieces. The just man's few possessions are better than the wicked man's wealth. For the power of the wicked shall be broken, and the Lord will support the just. He protects the lives of the upright. Their heritage will last forever. They shall not be put to shame in evil days. In time of famine, their food shall not fail. But all the wicked shall perish, and all the enemies of the Lord. They are like the beauty of the meadows. They shall vanish. They shall vanish like smoke. The wicked man borrows without repaying, but the just man is generous and gives. Those blessed by the Lord shall own the land, but those he has cursed shall be destroyed. The Lord guides the steps of a man and makes safe the path of one he loves. 
Though he stumble, he shall never fall, for the Lord holds him by the hand. I was young, and now I am old, but I have never seen the just man forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. All the day he is generous and lends, and his children become a blessing. Then turn away from evil and do good, and you shall have a home forever. For the Lord loves justice and will never forsake his friends. The unjust shall be wiped out forever and the children of the wicked destroyed. The just shall inherit the land. There they shall live forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Turn away from evil, learn to do God's will, and the Lord will strengthen you if you obey Him. Wait for the Lord to lead, then follow in His way. Wait for the Lord to lead, then follow in His way. The just man's mouth utters wisdom, and his lips speak what is right. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps shall be saved from stumbling. The wicked man watches for the just and seeks occasion to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his power, nor let him be condemned when he is judged. Then wait for the Lord, keep to his way. It is he who will free you from the wicked, raise you up to possess the land and see the wicked destroyed. I have seen the wicked triumphant, towering like a cedar of Lebanon. I passed by again. He was gone. I searched. He was nowhere to be found. See the just man. Mark the upright. For the peaceful man a future lies in store. But sinners shall all be destroyed. No future lies in store for the wicked. The salvation of the just comes from the Lord, their stronghold in time of distress. The Lord helps them and delivers them and saves them, for their refuge is in Him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. You proclaim the poor to be blessed, Lord Jesus, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. Fill us generously with your gifts. Teach us to put our trust in the Father and to seek his kingdom first of all, rather than imitate the powerful and envy the rich. Wait for the Lord to lead, then follow in his way. The thoughts of my heart are always before you, O Lord. You You are are my my help and my Redeemer. From the Book of the Prophet Isaiah The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the lowly, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God, 
to comfort all who mourn, to place on those who mourn in Zion a diadem instead of ashes, to give them oil of gladness in place of mourning, a glorious mantle instead of a listless spirit. They will be called oaks of justice, planted by the Lord to show his glory. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins, the former wastes they shall raise up, and restore the ruined cities, desolate now for generations. Strangers shall stand ready to pasture your flocks. Foreigners shall be your farmers and vine dressers. You yourselves shall be named priests of the Lord. Ministers of our God you shall be called. You shall eat the wealth of the nations and boast of riches from them. Since their shame was double, and disgrace and spittle were their portion, they shall have a double inheritance in their land. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love what is right. I hate robbery and injustice. I will give them their recompense faithfully. A lasting covenant I will make with them. Their descendants shall be renowned among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them as a race the Lord has blessed. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The Spirit of God rests upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captivity is now ended and prisoners are set free. I have come forth from God and have come into the world. I have not come of myself, the Father has sent me. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captivity is now ended and prisoners are set free. The second reading is from a conference to her spiritual daughters. I will tell you what is my own great help. I once read or heard that an interior life means but the continuation of our Savior's life in us that the great object of all his mysteries is to merit for us the grace of his interior life and communicate it to us, it being the end of his mission to lead us into the sweet land of promise, a life of constant union with himself. And what was the first rule of our dear Savior's life? You know it was to do his Father's will. Well, then, the first end I propose in our daily work is to do the will of God. Secondly, to do it in the manner he wills. And thirdly, to do it because it is his will. I know what his will is by those who direct me. Whatever they bid me do, if it is ever so small in itself, is the will of God for me. 
then do it in the manner he wills it, not sowing an old thing as if it were new, or a new thing as if it were old, not fretting because the oven is too hot, or in a fuss because it is too cold. You understand? Not flying and driving because you are hurried, not creeping like a snail because no one pushes you. Our dear Savior was never in extremes. The third object is to do His will because God wills it. That is, to be ready to quit at any moment and to do anything else to which you may be called. You think it very hard to lead a life of such restraint unless you keep your eye of faith always open. Perseverance is a great grace. To go on gaining and advancing every day, we must be resolute and bear and suffer as our blessed forerunners did. Which of them gained heaven without a struggle? What are our real trials? By what name shall we call them? One cuts herself out a cross of pride. Another, one of causeless discontent. Another, one of restless impatience or peevish fretfulness. But is the whole any better than children's play if looked at with the common eye of faith? Yet we know certainly that our God calls us to a holy life, that he gives us every grace, every abundant grace. And though we are so weak of ourselves, this grace is able to carry us through every obstacle and difficulty. But we lack courage to keep a continual watch over nature. And therefore, year after year, with our thousand graces, multiplied resolutions, and fair promises, we run around in a circle of misery and imperfections. After a long time in the service of God, we come nearly to the point from whence we set out, and perhaps with even less ardor for penance and mortification than when we began our consecration to Him. You are now in your first set out. Be above the vain fears of nature and efforts of your enemy. You are children of eternity. Your immortal crown awaits you, and the best of fathers waits there to reward your duty and love. You may indeed sow here in tears, but you may be sure there to reap in joy. The time is growing short, so we must rejoice as though we were not rejoicing. We must work in the world, yet without becoming immersed in it. For For the the world world as as we we know it it is is passing away. away. We have not adopted the spirit of the world. For For the the world world as we we know it is is passing away. away. Let us pray. O God, who crowned with the gift of true faith St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's burning zeal to find you, grant by her intercession an example that we may always seek you with diligent love and find you in daily service with sincere faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. 23 minutes before the hour, and we'll take a look at today's gospel in just a few minutes, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer, all coming up on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
It's Tuesday, January 4th, 2022, the Memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, is about loaves and fishes from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him. This is a lonely place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the country and villages round about and buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat. Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves have you? Go and see. Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down by companies upon the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. They took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Say what you mean and mean what you say. That's a big part of the virtue of simplicity. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 1, Advent and Christmas Tide. If thy eye is clear, the whole of thy body will be lit up. Simplicity demands clarity, transparency, and a right intention which preserves us from living a double life, from serving two masters, God and ourselves. Simplicity also requires a strong will which leads us to choose what is good and controls the disorderly tendencies of a life exclusively of the senses. And it dominates whatever is disordered and complicated in every person. The simple person judges events, persons, and things with a right judgment, illumined by faith, not by momentary impressions. Simplicity is a consequence and characteristic of the spiritual childhood to which our Lord calls us, especially during these days when we are contemplating His birth and hidden life. Believe me, unless you become like little children again, in simplicity and innocence, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. We go to our Lord like children, without pretense or show, because we know that he does not pay attention to external appearances, but reads the heart. We feel our Lord's loving glance upon us, which invites us to be authentic, to act with simplicity in his presence, to speak to him in a personal, direct, and trusting prayer. This is why we have to avoid any formality in our relationship with God, although piety has its own good manners, which leads us to be refined, especially in cult and the liturgy. But respect is not just being conventional, nor is it a purely external attitude. It is rooted in true piety of the heart. 
In our ascetical struggle, we have to acknowledge what we are really like and accept our limitations, knowing that God sees them and takes them into account. Far from worrying us, this should lead us to trust in Him more, asking His help to overcome our defects and to achieve the aims which we see are currently necessary in our interior life, those points we are following up more closely in our particular and general examinations of conscience. If we are simple before God, we will know how to be simple with those whom we meet every day, our relations, friends, and colleagues. The simple person is one who acts and speaks in complete harmony with what he thinks and desires. He is a person who shows himself as he is without trying to appear to be what he is not or to have what he does not have. It always gives one great joy to meet a straightforward soul without nooks and crannies, someone we can trust like Nathaniel who earned our Lord's praise. Here comes one who belongs to the true Israel. There is no falsehood in him. On the other hand, elsewhere our Lord puts us on guard against false prophets, men who come to you in sheep's clothing, against those who think one thing and do another. In everyday life, any complication places an obstacle between ourselves and others and takes us away from God. That pose and that self-satisfied manner don't suit you at all. They're easily seen to be affected. Try at least to use them neither with God nor with your director nor with your brothers. And between them and you, there will be one barrier less. In a special way, we have to show ourselves with complete simplicity in prayer, spiritual guidance, and in confession, speaking clearly and transparently with a desire that we be known well, avoiding general statements and half-truths, and beating about the bush without hiding anything. Our Lord wants us to show plainly what is happening to us, our joys, worries, the underlying reasons for our conduct. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, let's pray. We join the whole church, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org, in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Lord, send forth your light and your truth. Lord, send forth your light and your truth. Defend me, O God, and plead my cause against a godless nation. From deceitful and cunning men rescue me, O God. Since you, O God, are my stronghold, why have you rejected me? Why do I go mourning, oppressed by the foe? O send forth your light and your truth. Let these be my guide. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. And I will come to the altar of God, the God of my joy, my Redeemer, I will thank you on the harp, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, my soul? Why groan within me? Hope in God. I will praise him still, my Savior and my God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning is, is now, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. 
Let us pray. Almighty Father, source of everlasting light, send forth your truth into our hearts and pour over us the brightness of your light. Lord, Lord, send send forth forth your your light light and and your your truth. Lord, keep us safe all the days of our lives. Lord, keep keep us safe all all the days days of our lives. Once I said, in the noontime of life I must depart to the gates of the netherworld where I shall be consigned for the rest of my years. I said, I shall see the Lord no more in the land of the living. No longer shall I behold my fellow men among those who dwell in the world. My dwelling, like a shepherd's tent, is struck down and borne away from me. You have folded up my life, like a weaver who severs the last thread. Day and night you give me over to torment. I cry out until the dawn. Like a lion he breaks all my bones. Day and night you give me over to torment. Like a swallow I utter shrill cries. I moan like a dove. My eyes grow weak, gazing heavenward. O Lord, I am in straits. Be my surety. You have preserved my life from the pit of destruction. When you cast behind your back all my sins, For it is not the netherworld that gives you thanks, nor death that praises you. Neither do those who go down into the pit await your kindness. The living, the living give you thanks, as I do today. Fathers declare to their sons, O God, your faithfulness. The Lord is our Savior. We shall sing to stringed instruments in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, keep keep us safe all the days of our life. To you, O God, our praise is due in Zion. To you, O God, our praise is due in Zion. To you our praise is due in Zion, O God. To you we pay our vows, you who hear our prayer. To you all flesh will come with its burden of sin. Too heavy for us are offenses, but you wipe them away. Blessed is he whom you choose and call to dwell in your courts. We are filled with the blessings of your house, of your holy temple. You keep your pledge with wonders, O God, our Savior, the hope of all the earth and of far distant isles. You uphold the mountains with your strength. You are girded with power. You still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the tumult of the peoples. The ends of the earth stand in awe at the sight of your wonders. The lands of sunrise and sunset you fill with your joy. You care for the earth, 
give it water. You fill it with riches. Your river in heaven brims over to provide its grain. And thus you provide for the earth. You drench its furrows. You level it, soften it with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness. Abundance flows in your steps. In the pastures of the wilderness it flows. The hills are girded with joy. The meadows covered with flocks. The valleys are decked with wheat. They shout for joy. Yes, they sing. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, hope of all the earth, hear the humble prayer of your children as we sing your praises. Pour out your Spirit on us so that our lives may bear fruit abundantly. To you, O God, our praise is due in Zion. A reading from the letter to the Romans. Brothers, I beg you, through the mercy of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may judge what is God's will, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will help her. His loving presence will be with her. The The Lord Lord will will help her. His His loving presence will be with her. He dwells in her. She will not falter. His His loving presence will be with her. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The The Lord will help her. His His loving presence will be with her. All the world will recognize you as my disciples when they see the love you have one for another. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, 
and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All the world will recognize you as my disciples when they see the love you have one for another. My brothers, with all the holy women, let us profess our faith in our Savior and call upon Him. Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Lord Jesus, you forgave the sinful woman because she loved much. Forgive us who have sinned much. Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Lord Jesus, the holy women ministered to your needs during your journeys. Help us to follow your footsteps. Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Lord Jesus, Master, Mary listened to your words while Martha served your needs. Help us to serve you with love and devotion. Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Lord Jesus, you call everyone who does your will your brother, sister, and mother. Help us to do what is pleasing to you in word and action. Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Let us again offer our praise to God and pray in the words of Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. O God, who crowned with the gift of true faith St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's burning zeal to find you, grant by her intercession an example that we may always seek you with diligent love and find you in daily service with sincere faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. If you can get your hands on it, a very excellent 1980 made-for-TV movie about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton is A Time for Miracles, starring Kate Mulgrew. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. Central or on the app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.